Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, when you've listened to this episode, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding-a-ling-a-ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by giving us a five-star rating or head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. My name is Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies. I've got Cal, I've got Scott, I've got MD. Good evening, boys. Hello, hello. Good evening. evening. Good evening. And uh, today we are joined... Um, you forgot that, didn't you? I did forget that I was doing intros, yeah. It's, you know, that's what happens, take a holiday. Fucking <laughs> part-timer. When you, when you snooze on a couple of podcasts, you forget that you have to introduce the guests, so that's how it <laughs> works. <laughs> <You're in> it. <laughs> so apologies, but I am super excited to announce that we have Anthony on from Twisted Wheel Brewing. How are you doing, mate? Not so bad, yeah. Yeah, very well. Morning. Obviously, rusty introductions, as as you can tell. But um, really chuffed Super. to have you join us uh, after uh, the news over the last sort of well, it's even the last couple of months. I suppose it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but I'm really chuffed to. This is the one podcast I'm actually buzzing for. This I cannot wait. This is going to be a different, different direction to what our normal podcasts are and what you expect it to be. Um, and seeing things from a different side. So I'm actually super excited about this one. Really, really excited. Um, you may have seen on, because I, I shared it on our social medias, you may have seen it at the back end of last year, um, the sad news that Twisted Wheel was shutting up shop. Um, so it appeared. And then four days ago, on the 6th of January, I believe it was, we got the even better news that it wasn't shutting up shop. And Anthony, yourself, you decided to take over and fucking break all the mould and say, you know what? Fuck all this bad news. Let's have some good news in the world and take over Twisted Wheel. Fucking well done, mate. Thanks. It's, it wasn't that simple. <laughs> <laughs> it was more, it's January. I can't find another job. What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> um, to be completely honest, it was either truck driving, uh, going back into chefing, which in January was a no-no anyway, um, so yeah, it, it wasn't quite as simple as, uh, yeah, I'll just take it over and let's see what happens, but I'm glad I did. Um, I've had some support from a few wonderful people. Um, yeah. in fact, the guy who owns the local pub that I drink in, he's put some money in. Uh, a guy I've worked with for a couple of years consulting, he's put some money in and lent me his brew kit and, you know, um... Without them, it wouldn't have been possible to do. It's awesome stuff. It's, it's, Sorry, it's, Mark. It's, uh, no, so it's cool. It's amazing that uh, we, we speak about the community all the time within the brewing industry. And, you know, when when there's a good thing going and you've got people that, you know, like, let's be honest, a pub and someone that can lend you a brew kit is not a bad combination to have when you're <laughs> up a brewery, is it? Uh, no, it's not. But, uh no, that's okay. It's, my first question, you've probably kind of answered it already, but was why take over rather than start something new? Um, in terms of that, because I was actually the, I was going to take, uh, start a fresh brewery up. Um, yeah. Taking the same sort of format, uh, using the kit I'm using, etc. Um and that's probably what I would have done if we hadn't have got the twisted wheel name over the line. Um, but the thing is, you kind of 
it's a very hard time at the moment. And starting from scratch, even if I put it out that basically it was just Twisted Wheel reincarnated, yeah, it still hasn't got that aura about it. Um, yeah. We, I didn't know just how much of a name Twisted Wheel had until we shook. Yeah. And yeah. I think I, when I did the podcast with Nick Law, like, that was two days after I got told. Um like I said to him at the time, um, the messages we were getting on Facebook and Instagram and stuff were just absolutely out of this world. It, it yeah. it, even the rest of the staff, I mean, the rest of the staff, uh, the driver's got another job, but the other two haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's a hard time for them. Um, yeah. But that has comforted them because it, it makes them feel like they've actually done something worthwhile. Definitely, and this, this, I was shocking, I was really surprised about the news, um, like I mentioned when we weren't recording, like the, the brewery last year was a part of an, one of the winning breweries of Raise the Bar competition um, by the, the We Are Beer folk, and obviously went around the country to all the festivals, so you expected an, on face value that, and I know we we went to the, the one in Glasgow, so on face value that, you'd, you would think from that that the, the brewery was, was being successful and was going in the right direction, and obviously... You go fast forward a couple of months and you think, oh shit, what what has fucking happened? Like, we we tried the beers, or I certainly did anyway, at yeah, the Glasgow Beer Festival and like, fucking enjoyed them. They're really good tasty beers. Went back two or three times. So like, from that perspective, I was, I was so shocked. And again, flip side, come over to 2023, really happy to hear you guys are back. And hence why I was like, I want you on, on the fucking podcast straight away. Let's dive into this because it's, it's a good story. And like you said, with the industry at the moment, the way it is and, all the negative news that's coming out and all these breweries and, and tap rooms and stuff that are having to shut to get a, a good, a feel good story is, 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 is long time coming, but needed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, um, it, it is a really bad time for the industry at the minute. Um, and that was obviously a big factor in my decision as well. Um, so the kit I'm actually brewing on is only 700 litres. Um, the kit we were brewing on before was, well, I was getting 3,200 out of it and we were double brewing. Um, so we have obviously got a hell of a lot smaller. Um, so the plan is just to ride it out. Um, like I say, um, got very little overheads, um, no debt. So hopefully if we can ride out the next six to 12 months and things start to get better and the country starts to sort itself out, we, yeah, get bigger and carry on. Mm-hmm. The one and thing course, I had... I've, sorry, Cal, carry on. I was just going to say, of course, I mean, given that the, the name is continuing and we know that the, the Bruin team, given, you know, meaning yourself, is exactly the same as it was before, you know, we can be we can be pretty confident that the, the the same quality beers are going to be available, but there's going to be less of them, so the demand's going to be higher, surely. So hopefully, hopefully you're not going to have uh, hopefully you're not going to have any problems selling out those uh, the smaller batches that you're making. Hopefully, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that, that would be nice. I can see it being oh. the case, to be honest, in terms of like you say, the the building the demand, and the thing is, the the name and the reputation is going to help with, you know, 
you're not going to be able to match the demand that you had before if it was kegs, if it was, you know, ops that you would have had previously, but there's still going to be a number of bottle shops or on-trade customers that are local to you. You mentioned a bar that has, you know, helped you. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of kegs um, running and pouring through the bar if that's a possibility. Uh, You know, so these sort of things are massive in helping, um, you know, help build and stabilise the brand for you, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like I was saying before we started recording, um, the support I've had since I've... um, because, I mean, we announced it last Friday. I already had two beers in the tank. Um, short of some that I've kept aside for people who want more of a range next month, it's all sold. Um, people have just been absolutely amazing. Um, whenever I've called them, they've been happy. There's like um, one guy said to me today that he was over the moon we were back and that's been through every phone call I've made. Every single person has been happy in this and the other. Um, I've also had a lot of help from the suppliers. Um, Mm -hmm. So bear in mind the suppliers, the previous company went under owing them a lot of money. uh, Munton's Mall have done me a really good deal on my first ton of malt so that I can get started and not have the financial impact. Uh, Brookhouse House, uh, Hops have helped. There's been so many people willing to help, and considering what had happened, and sorry, the cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and considering the climate we're in as well, the amount of help I've received has just been immense. Yeah, awesome, Gilroy. There must be so there must be a reason for that then. So let's kind of uh, we can talk about the the twisted wheel stuff all day, but <laughs> take us back, give us a wee bit of insight into yourself then. So where did you start as a beer lover first? Um, where, what was your introduction to beer as a drinker? I suppose. Um, probably when I was eighteen year old. Obviously, obviously. Um, <laughs> <Eagerly. laughs> the big, the big answer. Yeah, that's fine. Great answer. Um, I was actually brought up just outside Skipton in Yorkshire, um, and my local pub was a Timothy Taylor's pub. Right. And uh, everyone laughs when I say this. Um, landlord, I just absolutely love it. Absolutely love Landlord. I can sit there and drink it all night and just... That's what got me thinking about beer. Um, and then, yeah, I was a chef for nine years and used to travel the country. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of agency work, so worked in various different pubs, restaurants, etc. And chefs, chefs don't really drink of that either, do they? No, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not at all. It was, uh, yeah... Um, so obviously being different areas of the country got to taste different beers and different ways of serving it um, so obviously you've got down south without a sparkler up north with a sparkler and all the arguments <laughs> that come as part of that mm-hmm. and yeah I just got interested and uh, chefing to be honest was an absolute ball um, <laughs> I loved the job it was the hours are horrific I couldn't sustain a relationship um it was just yeah i wanted out and uh 
Bruin seemed like a good option. So then Bruin-wise, then, where did that start? Do you start um, off on Bruin-wise, like a lot of Bruin's no, do, no, no. do you go straight into commercial, fuck it, let's go? <laughs> <laughs> I knew absolutely nothing about Bruin, didn't have a clue, and basically... Um, a guy I worked for around 26 pubs, something like that. Wow. And one of them up in Cumbria had this huge cellar. Um, so we ended up putting this little microbrewery in it. Um, and, yeah, that's how I started. I then went down to Guildford at Hogsback, spent, yep. I think it was yeah. four and a half years down there. Um, that was... That's where I really got to know brewing and, uh, you know, how to keep things consistent because it was a busy brewery. Yeah. It, at the time, I had a really good reputation. Um, and then I moved back up north because it was far too expensive to live down south. Mm-hmm. Started working at a little six-barrel plant in Halifax, and we got that quite busy. And then I heard... John from Blue Monkey was starting a new brewery up on the hills above mm-hmm. that bridge. So I went and spoke to him and basically said, yeah, can I have a job? Um, took him about a month to actually decide because I think <laughs> he was uh, trying to keep expenses down. And luckily for me, I just don't think he could be bothered brewing him himself. So <laughs> uh, he took me on and that became vocation. Um, I was there for just short of five years. Um, and then, yeah, uh, my wife, well, my ex-wife, decided she wanted to move back down south where she's from, um, and I ended up working at Old Dairy for six months. Um, and, uh, while I was there, got divorced, uh, realised, again, I couldn't afford to live down south. (laughs) Um, so came back up north, um, had a meeting with the previous owners of Twisted Wheel the week before Seabird Beer X. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Beer X came where you weren't allowed to shake anyone's hand, etc. the week after we were locked down. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's the, wow. mad, it's the mad thing, the mad story about Twisted Wheel, and by all means go back and listen to the previous ep- episodes we had, and um, we, we heard of the how hard the start was for Twisted Wheel, like you said, six weeks before lockdown, it's basically started and then COVID hit and then all the troubles and stuff and outsourcing uh, Canon, etc. And it's just been such a mad journey for the Twisted Wheel name and the Twisted Wheel brewery and to, to, to almost, you, could, you couldn't write it, you genuinely could not write it. No, you couldn't. All it needs now is for it to get really busy and ABB InVev to come and buy it. <laughs> Perfect situation. <laughs> You've got to admit that would be honestly. You would be if that's the case. We would be we'd be asking who's going to play in the movie because it's uh, you could, like you say you could. Uh, so we know a couple of folk at AB. So get the checkbooks out and uh, <laughs> let's get Twisted Wheel boat. Yeah, let me buy an Aston Martin. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And <laughs> um, we did receive a question on our Instagram for yourself this evening, Delk. Yes, well, you got so, it. I do have it here. So it's from this one of your burner accounts. Is it? Yes. No, it's not. Ah. 
It's actually no. That's good. This question is a <laughs> <laughs> genuine, isn't it? No. Adventures in optimism, so it's Tory. Well, a real life yeah. guy, right? Okay. Real life. I did real see life girl. Real life girl before the guy. So, um, she had asked about. She was querying about the the process, basically, of um, having your FVs on a different location from where you're brewing, and how that process works, basically. Right, well... Two transits. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't actually do that. Um, we're currently we're waiting for the FVs and stuff to go through. Um, there's been all sorts of problems, um, people blocking things, etc. So the FVs, we don't actually possess at the minute. Um, the plan was to move the FVs over to the brewery I'm brewing at. That is what's going to happen uh, because the site of Warrington is gone now. It's done. Uh, I have known people that have brewed on a kit and fermented elsewhere. And mm-hmm. basically what that comes down to is uh, it gets mashed and boiled as normal. And then what they tend to do is cool it down through the heat exchanger into an Arlington tank. Mm-hmm where no air can get to it, um, transport it, um, however they want to transport it, and then put it into an FV at the other side, add the yeast, and go from there. Yeah. That's kind of what we were talking about before we recorded. I was like, surely that's the case. But obviously, not knowing that the FVs are still in transit, shall we say, um, that the... Uh, that you're obviously brewing and, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's yeah. the, so? What's the kind of? Um, I've got two other things. I've got I've got two things that I want to definitely mention. But the, the thing that's kind of sticking on my head and, and going back to what we're seeing with regards to the state of the industry is I don't want to take us back to a kind of bleak conversation, but I'm going there. Fuck it. Um, and we mentioned obviously the situation, and we see the, the stories of the the breweries that are shutting, the tap rooms that are shutting, and the pubs that are shutting. Is there, what, from your point of view, what can be done to fix it? Or is it just a case of we just need to ride it out until the fucking government steps up and does fucking something? Or is there something specific that, in your mind that can be done to help? Um, no, to be honest. Um, I think it's a case of the industry as a whole has gone through so much. So if you look at COVID everyone used any reserves they had through COVID, hmm. then we never had a bounce back period. Um, no. I think we had like three or four months. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was never any period where they could get back and build those reserves up again um, before we got hit with whatever they call this recession these days. Um, <laughs> and the way everything shot up, so you look at CO2 prices, you look at malt prices, you look... Every single thing that a brewer uses has shot up. And Mm -hmm. then wages have to shoot up because the brewers can't afford to live or the brewery workers can't afford to live, so they need to pay Mm -hmm. more wages. But then you sell a firkin to a pub and it has to go up £10 a firkin. The landlord then puts it up 30p a pint to the customer. The customer kicks off and says, we're robbing them. It's, yeah, it's... It's got to stop somewhere, isn't it? You know, you know. Yeah. If the customers are going to be happy, then everybody up the chain needs to be happy, and that's not possible, really, is it? You know, particularly when it's now costing you twice as much to turn your 
to turn your lights on, never mind how much it's costing you to boil 700 litres of, of what <clears throat> for an hour or however long it is, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is as well, the end consumer doesn't have the money because they've been hit with all the same things. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, your, your wage increases are below or just matching inflation. So, and everyone else is getting more expensive. So it's not going to, it doesn't work. You're, you're stuck yeah. in the middle and you? you're, you're kind of, nobody's got, doesn't, they, you're paying it just doesn't make any sense. There's nothing moving between them, so everything just stalls and gets gummed up. So yeah. the people that are making stuff have nowhere to put it, basically. Yeah, basically. So uh, the only ones that you, they're going to hang about are the ones that are massive. You've talked about ABN, but if they can chuck away thousands upon thousands and say, "Well, this year we'll just we'll just accept a tanking this year and we'll keep everything the same," we can do that for one. We can do it for two. Do it for five, ten, if we want. Because yeah. we'll just do something else, we're diversified into everything else anyway. So, it, but it's hard if you're only doing one thing and your one thing is what is effectively becoming because of prices and various other things, wages and real wages and all that kind of stuff, is becoming a luxury item for something that people should be, that needs to be consumed at n- not at luxury item volume for it yeah, to make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, I t- the thing is, the stigma's always been there with beer, though, hasn't it? It's like... It doesn't uh, ever make that jump, does it, really? No, uh, the, the Warrington Guardian posted an article today about the fact that I'd taken over the brewery. I knew nothing about it, and yeah, but we won't get into that. <laughs> and there was, there was a comment under it saying, oh, glad it's been taken over, but they need to revise the prices because nobody can justify £5 a can. And it's like if you look at every bottle shop, everybody exactly. says cans can justify a five or a can. It's like, well, I tell you what. In fact, Steve Dunkley um, from Being Avoided, it didn't he, where he actually broke down the price of how much it costs to brew beer. Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, if you think he did that before all this went up, mm-hmm. and five pound a can, I'd say, is still very, very cheap, and. Bear in mind, the person who wrote this comment has probably been to Sainsbury's tonight and spent 12 quid on a bottle of wine. Right. <laughs> uh, or he'll go to Costa and get a flat white instead of making himself a coffee at home in the travel mug and <laughs> he'll complain about the price of beer. It's, yeah. Yeah. You can't nick through a Starbucks drive through and pay £4.50 for what is effectively nonsense. Oh. Yeah. Cold water and instant coffee. Well, it, well, <laughs> it's effectively is it's beans and stuff, but it is the it is the the fosters of coffee. Yeah, yeah you, like, but, you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> like it's no it's not great but just quality, like, but they'll go around and just get like, a thousand, aye. a thousand Starbucks just like exactly. The mad thing just is like, think, just like your AB InBev and Molson Coors and or Molson Coors, sorry, and and the like. That they're brewing millions and millions and millions of litres, so that's why they can afford to keep their prices low because they're brewing so much and they're right. using up so much materials that that you know, it, although the price might go up ever so slightly, it's you know it's nothing compared to the the cost of brewing seven. I mean, we we've done a tiny bit of home brewing ourselves, and we know that you know we we, we bottle ours in five hundred ml bottles and. You know, just just cost, just for cost, and that's not even including the electricity, because we obviously don't, we, we can't know how much electricity or gas we've used when we've brewed at home. Um, <clears throat> we know that we're having to, we would have to charge four or five quid a bottle just to sort of break even. Yeah. Um, so it's mental. 
I mean, Mark's also got the magnets on his electricity meter just to help him. Well, Winston and still game Winston running that bad boy. Oh, the three bars for me, old boy. Three bars. Um, <laughs> three bars. Three bars, 12 fires. <laughs> I was going to ask, Anthony, what's the, um, what's the sort of like on trade sort of scene like in terms of, you know, obviously you would have had keg lines, cast lines, can opportunities and stuff that you're obviously, you may be holding on to, but is it kind of, Pubs and uh, that you're sort of surrounded by at the moment is it you know are the the macro lager brewers of the world dominant within that area and you're kind of fighting for guest taps and that sort of thing because I feel we we spoke about the kind of the the industry as a whole and that I think that's one area and I, I, this is a kind of topic I want to dive into with a lot of different people but it's I feel like. As a small brewery, we were fighting against the macros at the beginning. You were trying to take tap line, like keg lines and opportunities away from up here. It's the tenants of the world or the Carlin down the road, all that kind of stuff. And now the way I see it when you're know, speaking to a lot of people is that it's, well, I'm going to try, we'll try to take the, you know, you try to take the keg line away from Stuart's and, you know, Overtone and, and all the likes in Edinburgh and Glasgow up this way. Is it the same down your neck of the woods or is it quite sort of a, still fighting the macro? Um, I wouldn't say it's either. Um, in terms of, we are actually quite lucky around here with Manchester, Liverpool, that sort of thing. Um, the macros, obviously you still get them and all the big chain pubs, etc. you still get them in them. Um, but I think we're very lucky in this area where the whole area does support small, smaller independent breweries. Um, in terms of competition, it, I'd like to think it's not, oh, well, we're going to go truck twisted wheel off that tap and this. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just a case of the approach people and it's like, would you like to buy a beer? It's, um, I'd be very surprised if it is a case of, that type thing. Uh, I think everyone's just trying to survive, to be honest, at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite hard. Um, so, I get it. It's a tough time. Tough time out there. Tough time. Um, last um, question for our um, three listeners who are listening on Spotify and iTunes or wherever you may be listening to this podcast is uh, to get an idea of the, the kind of next six six months of Twisted Wheel six months. What the fuck have I got in my head? Six. Fuck you, man. Yes, the plan for the next six months. So the plan is um, to brew as much as I possibly can and sell as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um we will be going, we'll start doing keg early February. Um, the only reason I'm not doing it now is because I actually booked a holiday next week. <laughs> Superb. Good lad. Why uh, not? Well, Excellent so timer. <laughs> no, buy, would... buy a brewery and then fuck right off. Excellent lad. <laughs> 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 Obviously, I did this. It was like, I think we booked it in November, and it was like, oh, yeah, January, it's dead. I'll be able to have a week off. It won't yeah. be. And then it's like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, I've actually got quite a lot to do, and <laughs> I've already booked and paid for this holiday. And uh, I'm sure I, once you step on that plane, you'll forget everything. It'll be fine. Exactly. It's not a plane. We're going to Cornwall. Um, uh, even better, mate. Even what, better. What, what my other half don't know is I've kind of arranged a delivery on the way down. <laughs> I think you were going to see a collab. You're I've, going got, to brew. <laughs> I've got an interview with someone in Truro. <laughs> it's okay. Like, <laughs> He's good stuff, mate. Good stuff. So there's like, <laughs> she doesn't know any of this yet, and uh, I think I'll leave it till we've had the drive down there to tell her. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> you check out the uh, check out Pasto Brewing Company. They've uh, they've got a cool wee shop just off the ice, just off the harbour. Uh, yeah, I was down there. I was, I was down there in the summertime and got some cracking beers for Pasto. Yeah, that was one. I obviously want to go to Verdant's Tap Room. Um, Aye. The idea oh, is I might pop in and see Eddie at Harbour if he's about. Um, yeah, there's a few things to do down there. But like I say, um, I think I'll be pushing my luck as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What stuff, I want you do is, we're just going to stop here and what I want you to do is hold on to this notepad and whenever this boy answers a question, I want you to write down the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's called scribing. It's nearly on your, you're nearly on your holidays. It's fine. <laughs> as long as you make sure, as long as you make sure the the prosecco or whatever the tipple is or whatever it is that's 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 on the cards for enjoying is is within hand reach, you should be yes. all right. You should be fine. You'll survive. <laughs> Either that, or give her a bottle and she's got a weapon. It's yeah. well, oh, I'm sure that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So back to the six month. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing keg early February. Um, and I want to get into small pack, but um, that provides all sorts of problems. So <laughs> the original plan was save as much money as I can, get a canning machine bought. Yep. Um, however, an opportunity has come up where I could get a manual bottling machine, right. uh, pre-evac bottling machine. Um, so I don't know how much you know, vocation started with bottles. Yep. And we did, there were some really fancy bottles that looked like um, a vase. So I've been on to see if I can get a price for them. And I'm thinking I might do bottles originally at the start and nice. come out in bottles um, until we get enough money to get a canning machine sorted. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to outsource it. Um, I've had all no. with that. It's um, hard, isn't it? You don't know it is, and we're too small, and it takes it takes all your margin away. It's and you don't obviously have the quality control. The quality control. Um, I mean, we could get a canning company in. That's another possibility. Um, but again, the volume might not be enough for them. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking short term wise, bottling could be a good option just to get the beer out there. And at the end yep. of the day, Kern will do it, and they do it well. So. Mm-hmm. When do you suspect? When should would you expect the the masses, the the lovers of Twisted Wheel, the, the mass support that you've had over the last kind of month, can get their hands on some of the new beers from yourself? Uh, what in terms of small pack? Any pack? Anywhere. <laughs> uh, so the first lot of cask is going out next week. Um, so while I'm on the holiday. Um, a lovely gentleman called Keith will be going around delivering it all. Um, hopefully, if I can get them out the back end of this week, I'm brewing this weekend, so I'll have some beer to come back to. Um, 
And then when I'm back off holiday, the idea is we're going to brew two keg beers. One of them will... I don't actually know what I'm doing yet, to be honest, because I was debating a double IPA, but until I know what I'm doing with small pack, I yeah. might have that burner initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there will be some... Definitely 7% need, because I know I can get rid of in keg. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, until... Um, I know what I'm doing with small pack. I'm a bit restricted in what I can sell. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, um, definitely keep your eye on social medias, uh, on the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. Just search Twisted Wheel. I know the website is kind of down, sleeping at the moment, and that will be up and running momentarily, hopefully, fingers crossed, when you when you get your hands on it. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, yeah, when I get my hands on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the best thing to do is keep your eye on social medias. Um, if you do want to get in touch with Anthony, the, the best place is probably is on the social media pages on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. So make sure you search Twisted Wheel while you're at it. Also, you can search for the Beer Fridge Podcast for you lovely people that listen to this podcast for free. Unfortunately, this is your time to move on to patreon.com forward slash podcast and get the rest of this episode. You're missing out on the next bit. You're just missing out. So head over head over to patreon.com forward slash podcast. You can catch the rest of this. And until next time to you lot, we'll speak to you soon. Judy, bye. Bye.